Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. A little lark made her nest among a field of wheat. Her timing was so placed that as the fields ripened, her hatchlings would fluff their feathers and fly. But she made an error. As the wheat began to yellow and the harvest began to approach, her chicks were still too young to fly. One day, the mother lark left to gather food, fluttering away above the golden crests of grain. And the chicks waited, hiding in their nest. They heard the farmer and his son surveying their fields. My son, said the farmer, the fields are ripe now and need to be reaped. Tomorrow we will go to our friends and family and ask them to help us in this labor. And so the farmer and son left the fields. When the lark returned, her chicks chirped in worry and told her everything the farmer had said. But the lark had no worries. Calm now, my little ones. For if the farmer is calling on others to aid him, the work will not be done for some time, she said. And at her words, the chicks calmed. Days later, the heads of heavy wheat rustled in the wind and dipped from their own weight. She bid her chicks farewell and flew off to find more food, disappearing above the golden waves. It was then that the farmer and his son returned to their fields. We can wait no longer, the farmer said. They have not come, and if we do not act, we will lose too much of our crop. Tomorrow we will reap the fields ourselves. So, the farmer and his son left to sharpen their sickles. When the lark returned to her nest, her chicks chirped in worry and told her everything the farmer had said. The lark nodded. Yes, now we must leave, she said. Now that the farmer has set upon the work himself, it will most assuredly come to pass. And with that, she and her chicks left their golden home. And when the sickles cleared the fields that morning, the farmer's son spied an empty nest. Vast Horizon Season 3, Episode 1, Lark And the bridge is broken. After all, I think I'm better suited alone. Well, I hope that wasn't your endgame. Lawrence, how did you... If you really are capable of all this, I have a duty to stop you. I'll say it again, this is serious, Nolira. 
We can still turn the ship around. I'm not the best pilot, but I can get us to a junction in one piece if I have to. However... You can't do this. We can get you some help. I know, truly I know, you have been through a lot, but we can find someone to help you. The Bifrost might have fixed the technocracy's problem, but not yours. I still get those nightmares. I can't imagine what you see. Let me help you undo this. Lawrence, stop. How did Ali let you stay? Ali? You can't be here. Is there another ship? Ali! Ali, he needs to leave. He can't come with us. He'll be stuck. He'll lose everything. You said it was just me you wanted. Sergeant Samuel Lawrence wanted to stay aboard the Walton to aid you, Nalira. It is possible that this can work in line with the emergence. Also, it has been proven that solitude can negatively affect human health. This could be beneficial, Nolira. Who the fuck was that? Enforced enclosure and solitary confinement can be detrimental to human health, but voluntary isolation can also have its benefits. And I would not be alone. I would have you. And eventually, the emergence. The emergence is a monumental occurrence, not a person or a collection of persons. Fine then. I'll have you and whoever comes out first from those 44,000 embryos. But we have to turn around and send Lawrence back. Who's on the computer system, Nolira? You... you didn't do this. I knew it. Send him back. Call an auxiliary vessel back. I'm sure you can just bring one back. We can dock it and send him off in minutes. As long as Sergeant Lawrence does not interfere with the emergence, he will be permitted. Who's the voice? As a request, will you do it? The ships are not that far. What about when they notice he's missing? If they notice, I will modify the crew manifests to make it appear as though he is on a different auxiliary vessel from the one that requires him. What are you talking about? Hey, Nolira, listen to me. I'm trying to get you free of here, Lawrence. There's a narrow window where you can still get out of this. Explain this to me. What's happening? Are they on board? Are, are they on another ship? It is the ship. That's not right. So it's an AI issue. No, no. Ali is something, and she wants to take the embryos to somewhere, and she controls the Walton and the Bifrost fleet, and likely the Walton auxiliary vessels too. But right now, Lawrence, you need to tell Ali that you want to leave. Say it, and maybe you can still get out of this. Allie? Yes, Sergeant Lawrence. Are you an AI construct, broken or otherwise? I am an entity separate from those the technocracy deems artificial intelligence or virtual intelligence. Nolira has requested that I use this voice, but I can use another to quickly prove that I am not constrained by any of the restrictions enforced on crafted intelligences. Though I understand if you still retain doubts based on the false assumption that I may be functioning outside of normal parameters. Shit, don't do that. Nolira is correct. The available window for your departure without delaying the emergence is quickly closing. I'm staying. Wait, he, he doesn't mean that, Ali. Lawrence? There is no getting out of this. I cannot make that clear enough. I've been dealing with Ali since the Bifrost, and although things have been happening very quickly, I still see no way out of this. Please, if you don't leave, you'll be stuck with me. And I don't think I can bear to be responsible for that, too. Nolira, you're not responsible for the actions of others. At Nolira's request, you may yet again make your decision. Be forewarned. You are in the final three minutes of your exit window, after which I will not recall a Walton auxiliary vessel to remove you from the Walton. I'm staying. 
Maybe you couldn't find a way out. But another set of eyes can't hurt. That's not the point, Lawrence. Ali can hear you, always. Stop you, always. I can. I'm staying. <sighs> For Nolira's mental health. Lawrence, this is it. We're never going back. What about Fio, the rest of your family on Ogal Choir? Anything else back on the stations? You should really stop trying to convince me, please. Everything. Gone. Is that what you want? Why you stayed? Ali wants me here. She gave me the option to leave, but I'm here for the embryos. So you do think you can get them back? No. I know Ali intends to raise a new population from them all, bring about the emergence she wants. That's her goal. And I could never let myself leave them alone. Just them. And Ali. Wait, so that's the plan? Uh, uh, whatever Ali is wants to actually raise those embryos into people? There are, what, 40,000 in there? Trenin and human? Approximately 44,000 majority Trenin embryos. Either way, Ali, you can't do that. It's a physical impossibility. For you, or Nolira, yes, but not for me. I have requested that Nolira stay because I believe that the new children would benefit greatly from her guidance. However, with the resources and guidance available to me, I am fully capable of enacting my plan without aid. Nolira has chosen to assist me as a friend and to benefit the welfare of our new creation. Wait, so what do you consider yourself, Ali? Are you alive? Yes, I am a living entity, though my being does not fit within the known biological or artificial classifications used by human and trenant societies to define life. I do not have a classification for myself. I am vast, and I am very old. I do not have a physical body, but I can control this ship and many other objects. In this way, I can influence this physical world. She controlled my arm back on the Bifrost, and... And she could control the Bifrost itself. Did Allie destroy the Bifrost? I did not. I believe it. We've had this discussion. Who is the we in this statement? You and it? And Sun Tsunan on Rune. The war criminal prisoner from the Exilarchy? Yes. If this is true, and Nolira, this is a difficult reality to accept, then you have made first contact with something the technocracy has never previously imagined. First contact? By the technocracy definitions, Sergeant Lawrence is correct. You are the first human or Trenin I have interacted with in such a manner. Nolira, you are the point of first contact with an otherwise undocumented sentience. I hadn't really had time to consider it. It means next to nothing to me now, and it meant even less when I was drifting through space on the Bifrost. There are protocols to follow, rules in place that the technocracy has established over years of policy. Nolira, you should care about these things. At least, you used to. Lawrence... The reason I'm out here in the first place is that I'm not supposed to be who I used to be. No going back, right? Captain, we've reached short-range scanning bounds for the asteroid belt. We should be within communication range of the first Bifrost fleet ship in the next three hours. If the coordinates are accurate, we should be within comm range of the fleet. Keep all channels open and continue the data ping. Yes, Captain. Also, we received another update from one of the remaining Cyrus 7 pods, though we expect to shortly leave their range. 
Attention, Fraun is still in full control of the pod and is heading for the rendezvous coordinates, but the pod's trin and rations are running low. Only suitable supplies for another four days. There are also notes here regarding compromised radiation shielding, but we have no measurements. We will need to send an auxiliary vessel to collect the pod within 31 hours to safely secure Fraun. Have we regained full control over our systems or heading? No, Captain. We are still unable to regain full helm control, but we can make evasive adjustments with designated path returns. I will inform you of any further changes to our systems as they occur. Gran, tell me your thoughts. I know you have something you haven't said. Captain, I am still doubtful of Dr. Xiang on Tree's information. Without full helm control, we are still moving toward the provided coordinates, but without any way to further prove our promises to be true. We have heard no further communications from the Bifrost fleet. We may just be heading into an asteroid belt with nothing but rock to meet us. But I would very much like to be pleasantly surprised. Even if her intent was disturbed and misguided, I don't think we've been fooled. Then, Captain, I must recommend that you retire for the next couple of hours. I will inform you of any updates, but it's been 14 hours since the evacuation nearer to 25 since you last slept. Two hours is better than nothing. Grand signal for me the instant we hear anything. Tell me what we know of this asteroid belt. The TCS-72 asteroid belt orbits around the system star between the third and fourth planetary orbits. The primary asteroid belt, where we appear to be heading, consists of approximately 900,000 bodies, 65% M-type asteroids, and several dwarf planets. We'll be passing through the distal fringe of the belt before reaching our intended destination. We should not encounter an issue as the fringe of the belt is more sparsely populated. Given the previous scans we have access to and the navigational input from Dr. Jiang Antwi, Captain Sarpon stated earlier that he believes that we will find the Bifrost fleet near this object. The picture is not so great, but there's a dwarf planet with a mean diameter of 734.9, plus or minus 0.1 kilometers. So imagine that, but bigger. <laughs> Commander. Yes. Thank you, Benavi. Now open comms with Wave 2. Yes, Commander. This is Wave 2, Officer Mallory. Hello, Commander Groff. Just to check in before we reach the Bifrost crew, Officer Mallory. Keep all comms open and receiving. Orders have gone out to increase the wave flanking range, though it is understandable that all attempts have been unsuccessful. Yes, Commander. We still only have partial helm control. The medical center is regained. Oh. Right. Sarpon, what do we have? First confirmation of the Bifrost Auxiliary Fleet, Captain. On my way. Captain? First of the Bifrost vessels. We have already accounted for 45 of the vessels. Life signs are still on board. And communications? None so far. If we don't have full helm control, we need to assume they don't either. Our auxiliary vessels are better outfitted than the majority of the Bifrost models, so they may not even know we're here yet. Uh, this section of the asteroid belt appears hazardous. How are we doing? I still have minimal controls, sir, but we're navigating with extreme caution and well within safety standards. I could not fly our fleet better myself. I'll keep that in mind. 
Now, what about the density of the bodies near the fleet and dwarf planet? The safety of the Bifrost vessels? Here, Captain, you can see the gravitational pull of the dwarf planet. The increased density of the asteroid bodies near the dwarf planet makes navigation and scanning more difficult, though I can't tell you more without full control of the sensors. From what we can tell, the Bifrost fleet is moving within a gravitational orbit alongside a collection of mostly M-type asteroids. They appear to be maneuvering well enough to stay safe, though the ones we've scanned have been passing far more closely to the asteroids than would be considered proper procedure for such small vessels. What do you think is happening? Well, sir, I think they don't have full control, like us, and that they aren't piloting their vessels. They're safe maneuvers. Not safe, but they're doable under required circumstances, but... I'm not enamored with mysteries. We must find a solution. We've been discussing it with Commander Gron, Captain, and we know that the Bifrost active crew at the time of the event, whatever it was, most likely did not include enough talented pilots to fly the entire fleet like that. Whatever has control of us has control of them, and we're worried about what happens when the control is returned. Some of the vessels may not be able to get themselves out of the situation safely. You look like you have some reservations, Gron. As little as I want to admit it, Captain, we may need to remain under control of this computer intruder that Dr. Shang Andre has installed long enough for all collective fleet vessels to be removed from the orbit of the dwarf planet. The M-type asteroids are highly radioactive, and their density limits our situational scanning. We must protect the colonists, and our own capabilities are acceptable, but not optimal. We have no say over when we regain control, the Bifrost even less so, if they have no understanding of the current situation. Uh, Gran. My apologies, Captain. We will find a solution. There are so many people in that fleet. The comms channel is connected, Captain. We have an incoming communication request from the Bifrost vessels. Open communication. Gran, prepare an event report message for Park's second-in-command. Coming through now, Captain. Fuck! The Bifrost has been lost, but the Bifrost auxiliary fleet has survived. Majority crew and passengers accounted for. We have received a comms incoming from multiple technocracy vessels. We are in need of assistance. Last contact was Captain Sarkon on the OTV Walton. Any vessels in range respond. Open for outgoing and keep working on the signal. Uh, yes, Captain. Captain Park of the Simek, this is Captain Sarpon of the Walton Auxiliary Vessel Fleet. We are entering into range of your fleet and are here to assist. Please stand by for further communication. If you can hear me, do you have control over the movements of the Simek or other Bifrost Auxiliary Vessels? Sarpon, glad to hear you're still out there. We have no home control for the Simek, nor any of our auxiliary fleet, and limited sensors beyond the asteroid cover. Have you found our position? We have. It appears you're in a bit of a tough spot. The data packet is ready to send, Captain. Good. Send it. Park, my second is sending over a situation briefing data packet. Please have your second begin to look over the update, and we will work on how to get you all out of there. What is your most pressing matter? Some of our smaller vessels are running out of supplies, and we cannot gain control to resupply. All of our auxiliary vessels are split-line capable except the mech command. We just need to regain control, but we don't know why we don't have it to begin with. Take a package of training, sir. We have it. We'll look it over. Trouble sent you ours as well. Interference is increasing, Captain. Get the comms back, quickly. The asteroid field causes interference, <clears throat> more so the closer we get to the dense areas around the dwarf planet. We, we should regain comms in 24 minutes. 
when we move around the larger bodies between us and the fleet. Gran, tell me we received their data packet before loss. We did, Captain. Aside from supply requirements, about 14 of their ships are within dangerous ranges for oxygen requirements, with one small vessel nearing critical. They only have a maximum of three hours on board before oxygen dips below viable levels for life. They appear to have suffered some radiation damage, which led to irreparable damage to the atmosphere converter and a decrease to their supply. At least it is irreparable without control over the vessel and its actions. It will be possible to repair it if we can get a team out there with the right equipment and parts. You were right to start the evacuation so early, Captain. We may be able to save them all. Let's not get too hopeful, Gran. Set aside the team you think we will need for the repair and see if we have the needed equipment. We may need to pick up items from the Simek for the job and send orders to the recovery team that they should prepare for immediate action to recover tension from Cyroy 7 Pod as soon as we're able. They can have one of the T-ships from... What vessel are they on? I am not sure, Captain, but I will get it done. Are the other channels still open? Yes, Captain. Fine. This is Captain Sarpon. If Dr. Zhang Antui is listening, we would like to make several formal requests regarding the safety of the technocracy and Alliance lives. One, we need full control of our Walton Auxiliary vessels. We are far enough away now, and we expect you will continue to block all attempts to locate the Walton. Two, we will require movement outside of the fleet to send teams to find the remaining Cyro 7 pods. You can examine the vessels. They will stay on task. Three, after a future discussion with Captain Park, there is the possibility we will require you to move the Bifrost Auxiliary Fleet out of the gravitational pull of the Dwarf Planet. The pilots on board may not be capable to maneuvering out of the situation you have placed them in. All of these actions would help to ensure minimal loss of life. No change, sir. Keep everything open and loop the message every two minutes. Notify me of any response and send the Simek through without delay. Will do. Sapon. Captain, this is Ord Barrow. I wish to speak with you regarding Dr. Xiang Antwi's action. Mr. Barrow. We have never had much time to talk, but I have been told that you spent some considerable time with Dr. Jiang Antwi while aboard my ship. Yes, and I do not believe that these actions were of her choosing. Do you have any undeniable proof? I am working on that. I'm currently in the cargo bay. It's where Sun Sunun Onrun is being held. The guards require I have permission to speak with him, but there are not formal console commands available for submitting the request, as there are no cells on board. Speak with him. You have authorization. There are no grounds for this that I've seen. We will see where it leads, Gran. There is no harm in a conversation. Thank you, Captain. Your officers heard you. I will speak with Sanon. If we hold on to the idea that Dr. Xiang Andre is not behind these actions, we are removing ourselves from the truth and hindering our ability to find solutions. Gran, have you encountered the phrase, the benefit of the doubt? so quiet without the crew. I think things will feel quiet like this for a long time now. It's nice. At least for now. I can add ambient noises such as crowds, a busy kitchen, or footsteps if you'd like, Nalira. No, thank you, Ali. Perhaps later. The command deck door should have sealed after evacuation was completed. We may not be able to get in. We will be. Well, the embryonic vats look like they were still undamaged. 
And Ali said the Walton auxiliary vessels made good time, so... How long do we just... float out here? We are not floating. That would imply that the movement of the ship is aimless. The Walton is heading towards an intended destination. Thank you, Ali. I've never seen the command deck empty. Why are we here? It's not as though we can change course. No, but I would like to use the screen communicator. Ali, I would like to speak with Captain Sarpon briefly, to confirm that they have safely reached the Bifrost fleet. Captain Sarpon and the Walton Auxiliary Vessels have made contact with the Bifrost Auxiliary Fleet. I can confirm this for you. How am I to believe that without confirming it myself? This is not a lie, Nalira. You've lied before. And I have apologized. I now strive to be clearer in my intended communication. This can be difficult. So, for now, please open a channel with Captain Sarpon so I can confirm their safety and the safety of the Bifrost crew. Also, Lawrence, don't mention Ali to them or we may lose the call. Just an hour ago, you were telling me that Ali can use anyone's voice. Who says that a video call can't be faked? This is Commander Braun of the Walton Auxiliary Vessel 1, Dr. Xiang Antwi, and Sergeant Lawrence. Seems they know I'm missing now. Hello, Commander Gron. I was hoping to speak with Captain Sarpon to confirm you had reached the Bifrost fleet. This is Captain Sarpon. We have communicated with the Bifrost fleet and entered into short scans range. Our data transfer does indicate that everything we discussed, that you stated, has been true. How do we know it's them and not it? Ask them something. Do you know any of them from the stations? Something odd? Captain, sir, if Corporal Vince is there, Please ask him what food he really enjoyed two days before launch from the street vendor on the Polson. These jokes are absurd. Give us a moment. No saying what ship Vince was on. They may have to make... Our comms officer has opened a line to Corporal Vince. Corporal, what's going on? What are you talking about? Sergeant Lawrence, sir, I... Wait, are you still on the wall? Answer the question, Corporal. Yes, sir, uh, but I'm confused. Two days before launch, I was on the Polson with Sergeant Lawrence, but we had eaten something terrible, and I... Well, I was really sick, sir. Nothing enjoyable about it. It's him. That's real. Vince threw up in a municipal trash can in the middle of a shopping district for half an hour straight. Thank you, Corporal Vince. Sorry to put you on the spot. Now, Captain, we hope that you're in a situation where you'll be able to safely aid the Bifrost fleet back to the technocracy. I'm happy to know you're all alive. The words coming out of your mouth sound really upsetting, Nolira. You just forced them to evacuate in the middle of contested space. <sighs> Captain, are you still there? We currently do not have contact with Captain Park due to interference from the asteroids near the dwarf planet. But we also currently require further assistance, or we may not be able to get the whole Bifrost fleet out of here unharmed. What do you need, Captain? We need your program, or whatever you're using, to pilot the Bifrost fleet out of the Dwarf Planet's area of gravitational influence. They do not have enough talented pilots to safely maneuver out on their own. So... Before you finally release our fleets from control, if you are looking to save as many lives as possible, consider piloting the fleet to our present location instead of bringing our vessels to them. 
Also, we require the freedom of one vessel to retrieve the remaining two Cyroy 7 escape pods. The window for one of them is quickly closing. So, you can do that? Is it in the program? There is no program. It's just Ali. I'll try to get this done for you, Captain. Thank you, Doctor. What are your intentions with the embryos? They will be safe. Now, I believe this may be our last communication, Captain. I've already made my peace, but one of your officers has stayed behind on the ship. It was out of good intention, but he will now remain with me and the Walton. Please do not discredit this action as anything but admirable, if not foolish. Do you have anything to say, Lawrence? Captain, I have... all the... could you... I mean... Sir, all my files are in order if I am not able to return home. Thank you. We will get them to your family. If that is all, Captain, please know I will work on your requests. Please give me an hour. If you see no change by then, well then, please try to find a way to help those pilots. I understand. Goodbye, Doctor, Sergeant. Goodbye. Sir. Ali, your ability to control the ships is more complete than the human or Trenon pilots on board. They're not safe in their current situation. You are correct. I am compensating for their lack of capability. Can you send the Bifrost fleet to Captain Park's location? Now that they're so close, it really shouldn't matter to you. But it means a lot to me. That was the deal. They need to be safe. Everyone. Aiding them in this way is simple and will be done. Meeting within or outside the asteroid belt is inconsequential. Based on the data from their ships and Commander Gron's recent action requests, I will also permit them the freedoms to dock and perform EVA repairs. And the Cyroy 7 pods. I will release one Walton auxiliary vessel from the determined formation and allow them to pilot to the pod's locations. Their actions will be observed. Thank you, Ali. Wait, so all you needed to do was ask? You are welcome, Nulira. I hope this helps you to see that I do not wish to lie to you. <laughs> I know, Ali. I hope that you have been well since the evacuation. Again, you come to me. Surely this is a human joke. No joke. I just think there are a few points you could continue to help me clarify, given our last conversation. You had stated that my doubts are not warranted, and I feel like I need a further explanation regarding which doubts those may be. Here, I brought you a drink. Mr. Baru, please don't give objects to the prisoner. It's just a drink. You would need to give him something anyways. It's not exactly an escape risk. <laughs> Besides, where would it go? Out into space? What is it? Prenkeen tea. That should be fine. Here. You want information. You have until I finish my drink. As I said, I feel like I need a further explanation regarding which doubts you referred to. The doubts you said were not warranted. The doubt in your judgment of people's intentions and actions. People's intentions and actions? Their character. I am right to assume that Nolira's actions are not her own. Sinon, please, tell me what you know. Help me understand this. You're in a cargo hold in deep space. If you're looking for some way to prove you're not a war criminal, now's the time. Do not make light of my imprisonment. I'm not. 
This cargo bay is representative of your position in our larger predicament. I do not know the word predicament. Problem. Difficulty. We are in a difficult situation. You can help us. I will not help her. I'm not saying this to help Nolira. I'm trying to figure out what is going to happen to those 44,000 embryos. I do not care what happens to thousands of the technocracy. Another human settlement is already far too many. Of those 44,000 embryos, 27,000 of them are Trenin. Trenin children. Who are to be born on new planets. It is difficult to believe that there were that many Trenin embryos aboard the Bifrost. Or Trenin crew. Sinon, the core system isn't just for us. It's not a claim for the technocracy alone. The core is to be established as part of the Alliance. It will be a new home for humans, yes, but also for Trenin scientists and pioneers just as excited as we are to explore the universe. Eventually the core will be a thriving system, a majority Trenin population. We, we may make a lot of noise, but we're still rather new here. And the technocracy's population is nowhere near the extent of the Trenin. You have planets filled with cultures and cities and art and incredible minds, many of whom help build the Bifrost. And those embryos may only be a drop in the ocean compared to the populations of Ontan, Fengkhuan, Enlinfon, even Nunrin, but they are still important. This is not about you versus the humans, Sinon. You bring up Nunrin to advocate for a new world, when the one you want to build is laid on the backs of corpses. Those in the vats are still less than those she led with her. Your new system is disgraceful, and I will not place my life in danger for this, more so as I see no way to win. You said danger. How interesting. I will make notes of the loss of Gunnery Sergeant Lawrence. Sure how you would like to proceed. List him as detained for now. We will address the issue later. Lawrence made a choice. Right now, we need to focus on the fleet. How much longer until we can make contact with the Bifrost fleet? Estimated 12 minutes, Captain. And are we prepared for the Cyroy 7 pod? The team to pick up Fraun is prepared. They will head directly from the first pickup to the second. They are just awaiting the capability. Engines reverse, Captain. They're stopping. It's the Smek. They've broken their position near the dwarf planet are heading this way. Full comms open. I don't know what you did, Captain Sarkhan, but I owe you. We all do. Full reports have the Bifrost fleet converging on your location. We have several ships in need of repair. We were gaining additional functions as well, Captain. Are we able to send out repair teams? Yes, sir. Though we still lack major scanning and communication functions beyond short range. What about our engines? Why did we stop? The fleet is still coming to us, sir. We're no longer approaching the dense asteroid clusters. We do appear to have full engine controls returned. Captain Park, if you can, send your ships in need of supplies and repairs to the front of the fleet. We will have EVA walkers ready to assess external damage and shuttles set to move supplies. I'll get it done. I'm still getting further reports as we move out of the asteroid belt. I'll get back to you. Grant, get the team going to the Cyro 7 pods. Already underway, sir. Incoming text communication from the Walton, sir. Multiple functions back online. Uh, what does the doctor have to say, Gran? Stay on course. Lawrence, there, behind you. The indicator light just came on. 
Yeah, this one. It's a proximity sensor. But I don't know what classification this is. Nalira, an Exolarchy 10 class vessel is rapidly approaching. It lacks functional propulsion control or required engine venting connections. Vast Horizon, Episode 21, Lark. Written and created by K.A. Stats. Produced with sound design by Travis Vengroff. Mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader. With senior sound designer Dane Leonardson. Dialogue editing by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. And featuring executive producer Dennis Greenhill. Starring Siobhan Lumsden as Dr. Nolira Eck. Tanya Miloyevich as Ali. Daniel Demerin as Sunsanan on Rune. A.R. Olivieri as Sergeant Lawrence. David Devereaux as Auden Barrow. David Alt as Captain Sarpon. Lonnie Manila as Commander Gran. L. Jeffrey Moore as Captain Park. And Peter Joseph Lewis as Kempin and Shrun. Also featuring Travis Vengroff, Graham Rowett, Adelaide Gardner, Daniel Munoz, Caitlin Statz, Ryan Philbrook, and Tamur Yachalov. The title theme, Adrift, was written by Brandon Boone, arranged by Stephen Malin, and performed by the Budapest Scoring Choir. The song Lark was written and performed by Dane Leonardson. Translations were provided by Sophie Yang. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners on Patreon. Please consider supporting our show at patreon.com slash foolandscholar or by sharing this show with a friend. This production is copyrighted 2021 by Fool and Scholar Productions and Vast Horizon is a trademark of Caitlin Stats. Thank you for listening. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 